This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 297, The Christmas Trilogy of Terror, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Polar Express, and The Santa Claus. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise, was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens podcast where we talk about pop culture and Christianity. And my name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about some Christmas movies. I'm not alone. I also have my two buddies. They are going to Evan. introduce himself, <laughs> Evan. <laughs> and How come we get 297 episodes and we still haven't got a, like a non-awkward way of doing this? Yeah, you know, ben- insists on letting us do our own introductions <laughs> what is wrong with that I, I mean it's just hey i'm here with my friends <laughs> no one knows more awkward who talks first you talk first i talk first it doesn't matter <laughs> who talks knows. first you just talk is it alphabetical is it by age is it they end up talking over each other geographical you don't end up talking over each other you end up not talking but you don't end up talking over each other Sometimes we do. Yeah. And Everyone that's why we don't talk, talk anymore. Just yeah. talk. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> this episode has been a long time coming. We've been talking about it since, well, is it two Christmases ago? I don't know. No, I think it was only a year. I think it was only last year. Okay. But last year before Christmas, we were talking about doing this and then we ended up not doing it. We, right. we talked about doing it for July, like Christmas in July is a fun little thing. And we ended up not doing it then. Mm -hmm. And now we're doing it here in December, getting it done. Um, I have in the last week, week and a half, watched all three of these movies, Polar Express, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and The Santa Claus. And uh, let's see here. I'm looking for our outline. It says, introduce the topic, what the movies are. So the movies are Polar Express, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and The Santa Claus. Uh, then why Evan chose what movies we are talking about. So Evan, Evan, yeah. why are, why are we talking about these movies? Uh, cause these are some of my absolute favorite Christmas movies. And the only reason we're talking about it is because anytime I say that Ben allows hatred to rise up inside of him <laughs> and decides to argue the fact that these are 
great Christmas movies. Yeah. So that's why we're doing this. So I call this the trilogy of terror because, uh, honestly, only two of them are movies that I hate. Uh, <laughs> now the interesting thing about the third one is that I thought that I actually hadn't seen it. And so it was kind of a, a bonus add on. We're going to talk about these two that I hate and I'm going to rewatch and maybe I'm going to change my mind. And then this other one is one that'll be new to me. I mean, I know about it, but, uh, this will be new to me. And it, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I think I remember this part. I remember this too. And it's definitely, I'm remembering more than just a trailer. And I'm definitely remembering more than just clips you might see on, I don't know, Entertainment Tonight or something when they were, mm -hmm. you know, promoting the movie. Uh, my, do, 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 do. my best, my best guess is that this is a movie that's been on in the background at like a family gathering. And so it's the kind of thing where when I'm not talking to someone, I'm watching the movie and paying attention to it. Because uh, there were lots of things in the movie that I did not remember at all also. Mm. Um, so I've seen this movie, but not in its entirety, or at least not with my full attention. Uh, so this is the first time where I watched it beginning to end. And uh, and I have, I have thoughts about it. But those, those, those three movies are – would you say that your favorite Christmas movies of all time? Or how uh, do they rank? Is it like those and maybe a couple others are your favorites? It's yeah, not just these uh, three to, alone. Yeah. Polar Express is my all-time favorite. Um, but I don't know where I'd put The Grinch or Santa Claus. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street from the 90s is in there as well. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol, right? Yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. That's up there. So they're all in the top 10. Okay. All right. And the reason we chose these three is because they're ones that we don't agree on. So like Muppet Christmas Carol, I'm with you, man. Uh, yeah. Miracle on 34th yeah. Street is good, but I, I don't know if I put it in my top 10. Um, I like the original better. Okay. I, I haven't actually seen the original. Um, Steve, what's your, uh, what's your previous experience with these movies? And then. Well, I think this is an interesting bunch of movies because in just a short time between Evan's generation and my generation and, you know, Ben, you're closer to my generation than his. But it's like I had no interest in seeing these movies because I wasn't a kid and my kids were either not born yet or not old enough to want to go see these movies. So I had like no previous i mean they just weren't on the radar with you you had you know you you had seen them in whatever you know reasons that you have for, for seeing them either with your kids or uh you know just because they're uh movies that type of movie that you would normally gravitate to and with evan he, you know he was the kid <laughs> you know yeah, growing yeah. up and watching mm -hmm. these movies um so you know having us three being able to you know be as close to peers as you can get, but still having three very different uh, understandings of these three movies, I think is it's it's interesting. And even if you know one of us hates it and one of us likes it or whatever, I, it's this is gonna. I think this is gonna be really interesting, uh, not just for the fact of we get to learn about these movies, but just the the strata of ages that you know, that, that we get to, to experience in this, in this show, you know, I mean, there's, there's movies that 
you know, that were special to me that were, you know, out of your range, Ben. And, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's that type of thing where, you know, it, as, as much as I can be a curmudgeon about these movies and say, oh, the, the Grinch isn't as good as a cartoon, you know, it still holds that, that sense of wonder for Evan, you know? So it's, it's, inter- it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. Hey, you're yeah. right though, about the generational thing here. Uh, because of the way it plays out, I, you know, Grinch and uh, Polar Express. Um, Grinch, I saw in the theater uh, because of what it was, and uh, you know, but I did not go with kids because it's pre kids for me. Um, okay. Polar Express, I believe the first time I saw, it, I did not see it in the theater. I believe the first time I thought I saw it, it would have been on video um, at either my parents' house or my wife's parents' house. But they're the ones who bought it, and they're the ones who liked it, and they're the ones who wanted to show it to us, the kids, along with any grandchildren or whatever. And every year, my my in-laws um, pull that movie out to show to the grandchildren. Hmm. We'll talk about it. Um, and then with Santa Claus, um, that's one that I know my parents own. Uh, with, with Tim Allen, that definitely is a um, – he definitely appeals to a, a – certain demographic in certain ways but that movie was absolutely at the height of home improvement because mm-hmm. yeah i mean he even gives the home improvement bark you know once or twice <laughs> yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Like, you know um so it is interesting the way you can see these things being marketed and and see them um you know but these are all post childhood for me uh, even the Santa Claus was when I was in college. It was before I was married, but it was when I was in college. Um, and then uh, Polar Express and Grinch would have been uh, as as an adult, as a married adult. So yeah. um, I did look and I did have a top 10 Christmas films list on my letterbox. And all of these movies are in the top five. Okay. All right. what, um, what else is in the top five with your? So uh, number one, Polar Express. Number two, Muppet Christmas Carol. Number three, Miracle on 34th Street. Number four, The Grinch. And number five, Santa Claus. Okay. Um, and I'm not counting specials. I'm just counting movies. Yeah. Well, that's a different – that's a whole different category, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because way. the Toy Story that Time Forgot would totally be in there somewhere if uh, we were counting specials. <laughs> Now you can go to strangersandaliens.com and you know we have uh, uh, a list of 48 different movies that are Christmas movies but aren't meant to be. And like Batman fun, Returns. Yeah, there's some fun stuff on there, maybe some that you've already heard, but then there's probably a few on there that you haven't uh, thought about um being like Psycho is on there. Um <laughs> for for and <laughs> some of them are for weaker reasons than others. But um those uh, Citizen Kane is, is on there as well as a Christmas movie yep. that's yep. not intended to be. Um, so that that's that's Rose fun stuff. But that's what yeah, that's the closest I've come to like ranking out anything like that. Um, because those those that's what appeals to me is is the weirdness of those things. But yeah, we've got we've got three movies here to talk about, and so we need what what order should we take them in? Do you care? Um, let's do let's do Polar Express last. Okay, I don't care otherwise. All right, uh, and then we can also, um, yeah, let's let's start with the Santa Claus then. Sweet. Let's start with the Santa Claus. Um, so the Santa Claus, Tim Allen, 
and he plays a guy who, um, when Santa Claus dies in his yard, um, he <laughs> is given the role of being the next Santa Claus. And he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Even after going to the North Pole and visiting the elves, he doesn't believe. It's all a dream. Yeah, which, yeah, you can understand that. Uh, but his son does, and his son also believes that, yes, my dad is Santa Claus, which causes problems for his ex-wife and his ex-wife's new husband, who is a psychologist and um, has has issues with um, a boy walking around telling everyone that his dad is Santa Claus. Uh, so by next Christmas, of course, Tim Allen realizes who he is. There's hijinks that happen along the way. And then he essentially kidnaps his son from his wife's <laughs> custody, uh, who has sole custody at this point in time. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'll just say this as a children's pastor who is now in charge of making sure that the right parents pick up who they're supposed to pick up. Um that really made me feel very angsty, but, um, (laughs) but he takes, uh, his son along with him to deliver presents. Um, when he delivers presents to his wife's house, he gets arrested. And, uh, like I said, hijinks, uh, but when all is said and done, um, everyone comes to realize what was really going on. And there's some, um, there's some reconciliation and, uh, Tim Allen embraces his new life as Santa Claus, as the credits roll and, and his wife and his, um, his, his ex-wife and his ex-wife's husband also now believe because they have to, because they see magic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but all things considered, you know, my, well, that's, that's the brief intro. Uh, before this, we talked about how I had not seen the whole thing all in one sitting, you know, with uh, while paying attention, um, but uh, yeah, Steve, what were your thoughts about? F- Actually, Steve, did you watch any of these movies yet? Did you did you watch any of them I, for this? I, I I haven't seen the Santa Claus one. But I mean, did you? Just, did, so you didn't watch any of them for this recording, though, right? For this recording, I watched most of the Grinch. Okay, all right, because I told you and not I, to go I, out of your way. I, I know, I, but, I didn't go too much out of the way. Okay, but and and I remember um, the. Polar Express one enough to to comment on it. So okay, all right. And oh, by the way, Evan, did you know that you gifted these movies to me? <laughs> I did. <laughs> you did because when you um, gave my family our Christmas gift, which were uh, uh, a movie gift card, um, and I bought present or I bought tickets on Fandango. Um, it gave me Fandango VIP points, which I then was able to turn around and use to watch on the Fandango app, um, the Santa Claus and Polar Express. Sweet. So I was able to watch them free of charge to me. Um, and yeah, you gifted them to me. So thank you. Merry Christmas. (laughs) It's the gift that kept on giving. (laughs) So, uh, So Evan, your feelings about the Santa Claus before this month. Before this month? Yeah, yeah. That, this question really doesn't matter as much to you. Um, but for me, you know, I my feeling about this movie is I actually know what it's about and have seen it as a narrative whole. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I watched this all the time growing up and just loved it. It's a great movie with 
and I like the way they uh, portray the North Pole. Uh, it's in the running for my top depictions of Santa and the North Pole. Um, I like how all the elves are children, um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just a nice, heartwarming, fun film. And I, I get what you're saying about the uh, the wrong parent picking him up, because I didn't get that when I was a kid, but I, watching it recently, I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> they, they wouldn't have done that if they made that movie this year, though. No. Be- no and I mean, he is clearly... It's not accidental, but it's as close to accidental as you can get to make it accidental. You know, where he's, hey, you want to come with me? Sure, okay. And that is that that falls right down on on Santa Claus right there. Mm. Like that is on him, that guy. But yeah, <laughs> I, I they didn't intend it to be that way, but it certainly, yeah. Well, it, it ends up being that way. Yeah, and. I kind of give it slack because it's special circumstances because you're Santa Claus, you know, and you've got the, the I don't know. <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, it's yeah, just, I mean, he's Santa Claus. He's He's got accountability. All the elves are there with him. And the only reason it's having to come to this point is because the other parents aren't able to accept the truth. So... It is special circumstances, but yeah, it's still kind of nope. It like, was it was be, bad decision making on Santa Claus's part, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could he could have shown him the magic stuff first, and yes. then got the kid. But then you, <laughs> you wouldn't know? have had him get arrested, and you wouldn't have had the what is it, the elf? Yeah, the jetpack elf. Yeah, yeah. with the magic tinsel that melts steel, <laughs> and the ribbons <laughs> that shoot out of their belt buckles, but look like. Like they're peeing ribbons. <laughs> that was that was disturbing. <laughs> I, there's issues there, but um, so so you've explained a little bit. Is there anything more to tell us why this is one of the best Christmas movies of all time? I mean, it's just funny, and like I said, it's got the. I mean, it's just classic Santa Claus to me, and I love the the whole bit where he's slowly transforming against his will into santa claus is great and uh then you know i mean it's just it's just all around heartwarming funny and i like tim allen yeah and i i enjoyed it uh i would not say one of the best christmas movies of all time unless you're saying like what's what's the top 30 or something like that but um but i did enjoy it make your list now ben so i can see what you think are good christmas movies because these are the top the top five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this wouldn't be in the top five, but, um, but it is good. And I was excited to watch it actually, because of what I know that there's the two sequels and they're, you know, world building and, you know, there, there's other, I, I don't know exactly what, what's going on, but I do know that there's other like mythological, um, holiday yeah. people that, that show uh-huh. up. And I'm, I'm, I was excited about that. Um, and this is the one that lays the groundwork by by exploring the North Pole. And so I was excited about that. Um, and it is. It's not one I'm really going to rush to watch again, but I did enjoy it and I didn't feel like it was lost time, you know, as, as some movies might be. So I have a second Tim Allen movie on my top 10 list. Is that the cranks? Yeah. 
Christmas with the Cranks. Christmas with <laughs> the Cranks. That that actually uh, is based on a John Grisham book oh. called Skipping Christmas that my wife reads every year or used to read oh. every year. I don't know if she still does. It's a very short one. Wow. It was one of those when they would do the kind of short Christmas gift book kind of thing, little hard covers that are, you know, just a hundred and some pages, but not, not a real long novel kind of thing. And, and, uh, she really liked that. So when the movie came out, we watched that and she, you know, it was one of those, uh, the movie is not as good, but mm-hmm. we've watched the movie, you know, I think twice now at, at Christmas time, you know, two, two years, not, not in a row, but two years where we took the time to watch, watch that movie. And I watch it almost every year. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. It is a good one. So good old Tim Allen. Um, (laughs) So on the outline, this is where I would explain why I hate the movie so much, but I don't. I didn't. (laughs) And then next on the outline is uh, Steve. Your your thoughts on this? On on the Santa Santa Claus. Claus? Um, I I have no thoughts. Okay. (laughs) I just I didn't see. I don't remember. I I can't I can't place a single thing. I don't even remember the trailer. I probably should have at least watched the trailer, but I didn't. <laughs> so sorry, guys. Yeah. No, and I love the part where he's going through the houses, you know, at both times when he's well, just the guy and he's like, I hate milk, lactose intolerant. You know, <laughs> he's being a jerk to the kid. And then the next year she makes sure to give him soy milk. And now he he's like, why, why is this soy milk? I'm Santa now. I like regular milk. Being Santa has cured me of being lactose intolerant. <laughs> well, he takes the I, drink and he's like, your milk's sour. And she's well, yeah. that's because I can only, I can only imagine the movie isn't as bad as, as uh, Santa Claus conquers the Martians. So brother, if I got to say something good about it, you are right. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Um, I have seen some pretty awful Christmas movies because of mystery science theater and, <laughs> and riff tracks on Amazon prime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I'm glad because you're watching it with people who have taken the time to like taken a week or two to write actual jokes and script out jokes to talk over the movie, you know? Right. And, but there's a Santa Claus and the ice cream bunny, which (laughs) it, it is astoundingly (laughs) awful. Um, There's another movie called, I believe in Santa Claus that is just plain terrible. Uh, And then there's the Santa Claus movie where I think it's just called Santa Claus and it features uh, it's it's a movie that they made in Mexico. And it features Santa Claus versus the devil. <laughs> I have heard of that one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Santa Claus versus Satan Claus. Yep. Yep. Because, you know, Santa spelled sideways is Satan. <laughs> um, OK, so the rest of our outline really doesn't doesn't fit this movie because of what it is, um, where um, Evan has the chance to. Uh, counter some of the problems I had with the movie. And then I'm supposed to admit actual positives about the movie. So um, <laughs> that's, okay. uh, I already have admitted positives about the movie. And so am I going to go back to it again? Not anytime soon. I'm not going to play it for my kids um, just because I don't know how much they'll enjoy it. Um, but that's also because we have so many other things we watch and and want to watch. All right. So, so next, uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Yeah, how Jim the Grinch Carrey. stole Christmas. So this movie, the brief intro to the movie, uh, you know the story. If you don't know the story, in a nutshell, there's a Grinch. He's mean. 
He's a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Mr. Grinch. Uh, he hates Christmas. The Who's down in Whoville love Christmas. In this movie, they are materialistic, um, very mean people, except for one of them. They um, are very – just not good people at all in any way um, except for one of them. Uh, and if they are good, it's because they're clueless. So like Cindy Lou's Cindy Lou Who's dad doesn't yeah you know he he's he's not bad but he also doesn't really know exactly what's going on um yeah. and and so they they love Christmas it's like the center of their culture um but they don't appreciate what Christmas actually is and so the Grinch hates them for being hypocrites and <laughs> bottom line is he is going to steal Christmas from them because he's going to get his revenge. Uh, Cindy Lou, who is nice to him and he almost starts getting along with them, but they mess it up. And so he goes and sets his plan into motion, steals Christmas by going into all their houses, pretending to be Santa Claus after Santa Claus has already come. So I do like that, uh, that Santa Claus comes, delivers all the presents, takes off to go to his next stop. And then the Grinch comes through and cleans them all out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and is the anti clause and then um they wake up they realize christmas is gone christmas is stolen but cindy lou who you know she's she sings they sing they are all happy and grinch can't believe it cindy lou who goes to invite grinch to join them uh gets on the sleigh and he is he has the sleigh he has a change of heart he's going to take the toys all back but the sleigh is going to fall over the cliff and you got to admit, this is also a good addition where he's like trying to save the presents, putting his life in danger and then realizes, wait a minute, this, they're just presents. I can let go of this, <laughs> except Cindy Lou Who is on there. So he picks up the sleigh. He gets really, really strong and uh, goes back down and the Who's accept him into their culture and he becomes kind of nicer to them. <laughs> so the age old story. Age old story. Timeless yep. classic. Um, yep. So that is the brief intro to the movie. Our feelings about this movie before this month, before I had to do the rewatch, basically, saw it in the theater, hated it. Hated it. Hated it so much, I decided I would never ever watch this movie again. If it comes on the TV, <laughs> I turn it off. If it's on in the room where people are, you know, like at a family get together or something, I will be in the other room. I can't. Could not stand this movie. Could not stand this movie. Um, Steve, before you had to watch it, thoughts about this movie? Well, I mean, you know, you grow up watching the the cartoon, which... We will talk about that. Yeah, I mean, even that, uh, to me, pales in comparison to the, the book, or the, you know, the story, the Dr. Seuss story, but still, you know, pretty good adaption of it. But... It's like when you when you have to change so much of the core story just to be able to to make what you think is is a dramatic version of it why don't you just make up your own thing you know you just i mean it's it's just a different story with the words grinch and you know, Cindy Lou Who and, you know, a couple of things thrown on, slapped on, onto it. It's just, just make up your own thing, you know, call them the, the, the 
Santasaurus or something. I mean, just, just or the Anti Claus. There's I, something. Just make up your own thing and don't worry about you know having to pay off Doctor Seuss and you know all the all that stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's like uh, first of all, it starts out in there. They're on a snowflake, so you know it just it goes against the entire Horton here's a who you know, version of the who's. And I mean, all of a sudden it's, then you're, you're fighting against the, the whole canon of, of Whoville, you know? And then, uh, I mean, Santa Claus visits a snowflake. You're like, wait a minute. what? <laughs> I got no problem with that one, man. I yeah. got no problem with that. Santa can shrink. Right. Right. <laughs> if Santa can bend the laws of time and space, which they show happening in the Santa Claus, by the way, I liked that mm-hmm. part where, like, where, what if there's no chimney? Doesn't matter. Magic. We'll make one. <laughs> it's awesome. So, yeah. Faster than light. No problem with that. But anyway, you, the, the very core of it is you take these people who might be simple, but they absolutely positively love Christmas and they get the point of it. And you change it to a bunch of people who are, they love Christmas, but they don't get the point of it. And you're like, <laughs> you're changing the entire culture of the people of the story you're trying to tell. You know, it changes the motivation for the Grinch wanting to to do it. It changed. I mean, it's just it's mind boggling how many different things you need to just automatically, you know, toggle the other way. You know, one one little switch means all the other switches go. And so, you're just so Steve, with, what did you think about this then? When did you see it before? I don't, I don't know if I ever saw it before because I was watching it today and I was like, oh, oh okay. So he puts on a, a costume and he goes into the Grinch. I didn't know, you know, that was part of the story. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't realize that Cindy Lou who was such a big character in it. I didn't, I never heard the song before. And the, the, to tell the truth, the song was a little touching. You know, you never heard that song on the radio. No, no, never did. Oh, wow. I never heard it on the radio either. I've what? actually, one of our, because we'll, we'll get to these answers that people gave us about why what they like about these movies. One of the people said that they got sick of that song. They were just sick of it. I'm like, how are you sick of this song? I've it's never on the heard radio it before. Every day. <laughs> every day. I have never heard it. I don't, I don't listen to, to Christmas carols on the radio. So that's probably my problem. But anyway. I, I don't very often, but I, enough that I'm hearing them getting repeated. When, you know, when the family, when we're driving as a family, like tonight, when we go right. out, you know, but. Yeah, we do Spotify. So like, we'll cherry pick the songs that we like and then, you know, not listen to anything we don't want to. Okay. So Evan, music snobs, Evan, your feelings about this movie. And here's where you explain what makes this movie one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Well, you know, when I my friend from elementary school took me to see this movie with him in the theater and even in like the fourth grade, he was a big Jim Carrey fan. And I didn't know who Jim Carrey was, even though I had had seen The Mask. I didn't put two and two together. But so I went and saw the movie and I'm like, okay, this is this is okay." But as I grew up and we started watching it every year and I started to really get the humor, I mean, it just is one of the movies my family will watch every single year. Um, we quote it. We quote this movie throughout the year. 
um, because there's just so many funny quotable lines. So it's just very, the humor is spot on hilarious. Um, and then of course it's Christmassy. So it's a good Christmas, a movie to watch at Christmas. And then it's the, it's a, you know, the Grinch is a classic story, but I am not a fan of the original cartoon and I am not a fan of the book. Um, any reason why? I just I'm not a big fan of Dr. Seuss, honestly. Okay. Um, I've loved I've liked all of the well, not all, but most of the movie adaptions of his stuff uh, far more than the source material. Uh, you know, what else is not a fan of the book uh, is Ron Howard is not a fan of the book. Well, hold on. I'm still talking yeah. about why I like this movie. Um, and so, yeah. And then the message is fantastic. I, for one, am a fan of how they change the Who's from being this pious little society into people who grow and learn throughout the film. And I really enjoy that a lot. I like uh, Cindy Lou Who in this. And they, they kind of do a similar thing with the brand new Grinch that just came out with Brandon Cumberpatch, where Cindy Lou is uh, you know, the second main character. But I feel like they did a far better job uh, with this Cindy Lou than they did with the other one. Um, and then I like the, I like the expanded backstory for the Grinch where he, we we see why he not only has a problem with, it's not really, he has a problem with Christmas. It's, he has a problem with the people and it just happens to coincide with how they treated him during Christmas and what Christmas kind of stands for what he was, he's felt it stands for. And so, yeah, just pretty much everything about the movie uh, I'm a fan of. So. All right. There it is. There it is. So why do I hate the movie? Well, Steve talked a lot about some of the things that I didn't like about this movie. Uh, I mean, I think I can sum up a lot of what I didn't like about this movie in two words, and that's key party. Um the who's well, let me stop you here yeah, yeah? Let me stop yeah? you here stop me okay yep not because... a key party what not a key party no i had no idea what that was until you said something about it yeah um so how do you even know what that is how do i know what a key party is yeah i've By being never alive heard that. for 45 years <laughs> how never i know what it is it that was a big in thing in the 70s and they intentionally show these adults coming into the party and putting their keys into a bowl. And what do you do when you put keys in a bowl? Again, this is a, this is a swingers thing. And this is, yeah, I, they are intentionally showing this. Yeah. Uh, and it is meant that party is meant to be. Now that party is taking place. I believe at the home of the ladies who end up raising the Grinch. Yes. So these two ladies are living at this home and they're hosting a key party. That's why they actually don't see him soon enough is because the distraction of the party um, as these spouses are swapping spouses. So I'm just going to lay that one there and just be like, this is this is not subtext. Uh, it's not text, but it's somewhere in between the two where they don't actually say this is what we're doing. Instead, they just show they show don't tell. Um, yeah. And so that. That might even be what turned me against the movie the first time I watched it. I don't remember that uh, being the thing that turned me against the movie. But um, watching it this time, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I did not remember that. There's a lot of stuff I did not remember. I also did not remember the man who was dreaming about a woman 
and kissing a dog's butt. Yeah. Uh, you know, so <laughs> that over the top I, disgusting that, but that, I mean, that's one of the few places where it actually goes that far uh, to be over the top disgusting. But, um, the whole, Even if you have one, it's just gross. It's just, uh, or it's really funny, but it's not, it's you can say that if you want, over the you know? top. um, I don't find Beyond it really funny. Uh, and, and I, it comes down to this. It really is the changes, not to the book itself, but to the tone and the intention of the book. Mm-hmm. Because the tone and the intention of the book as the original, as the source material, is that this is um, – these are people. The Who's are people who, yeah, they love fun and they love Christmas, but he looks at them and sees them loving fun, loving Christmas, and hating them for it and totally missing the point. And then they invite him in when he does this whole terrible evil thing to them. Um they invite him in and, and anyway, and they forgive, you know, this is so, you know, the whole pious society or whatever, I can understand the impulse because that is not our world. And someone making a movie about those characters would have a very difficult time. I think portraying them in a, in a way that would be acceptable to modern audiences. I would agree with that. And I understand why they made the changes. The, the mm-hmm. whole Cindy Lou thing. Um, that's smart. You know, you need someone, you need a good character that you can hang the rest of the story on. And she's the one that's, that's smart. And she's great in this. Um, yeah, that, that actress, she is phenomenal. Uh, in fact, I went to see like what else she's done. And like, she grew up and is in pretty little liars or something like that. I'm just like, Oh, mm. you know, but, um, she's great. Uh, Jim Carrey funny when he's doing his shtick, his shtick gets a little old for me now. Um, but back in the heyday, I mean, I, I love Jim Carrey. You know, I, he would make me have tears because I'd be laughing so hard. Not in this movie, but um, in other movies, he had done that. And in this, there are moments where I did laugh. You know, I was intending just to st- sit there with my arms crossed and not enjoy any of it. I laughed at some of the stuff. It was him. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was improv. If it wasn't improv, yeah. it was him sitting down and saying, Okay, in the script here, I should be doing this instead of something else right. that should have been there. Um, there's some really, really funny moments. But what makes me hate the movie is what they did with the Who's. And and just that, you know, they miss the point of Christmas. And, you know, every, they're bad, bad people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the lady, you know, the introduction to the one, uh, whatever her name is. Martha you know, May Huvier. Sure. Yeah. That's it. You know, how do we introduce her in a sexy Santa outfit? You know, yeah. as she's one of my shooting this parts of the entire movie. Betty. Hi. <laughs> she's doing the machine gun lighting. That's one of yeah. my absolute favorite parts of the entire film. And then, um, <gasps> so funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and so then she has these very fond, almost sexual memories of eight year old Grinch. Like, what is that? Like, he the leaves. muscle. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He is out of there. And so in another context, like Steve was saying, I might have much better memories of this movie. It's just that they turned these who's who are these pure fantasy character things into these impure 90s heathens. It's gross. And that's what bugs me so much about it and still does. I did not change my mind watching it this time. I laughed more than I thought I would for sure. 
And I really did appreciate more of Jim Carrey's shtick during this movie than I thought I was going to because um, it's been a while since I've seen a good, funny Jim Carrey thing. Uh, and, and so there was some good, funny Jim Carrey stuff. I made the kids watch. I, actually, I shouldn't say that. I started it and said, you can watch it with me if you want to, but you don't have to stay in here. Um, they were angry with me for wasting their time. They were just, Dad, why are you making us watch this? I'm like, because I'm, I'm watching it for the podcast. You know, this is one of his favorite movies. Uh, this is, And they did not finish it with me. Uh, we wow. had to turn it off, and then I, when I started to finish it again, they were like, no, we are not going to watch it. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make you. But, um, yeah, so that's that's why I hate it so much. Um, well, I guess that's it, because so your now, main point that, you, that causes you to hate it, I just don't care at all. Right, and so here's my problem with that, Evan. I, yeah. Um, my problem with that is... If it was something you liked, you would care a lot. Yeah. And yeah. and that's Probably. where it kind of like, oh, you know, some empathy maybe. Like, it's just, I don't even care. I just don't care. Uh, I hate the book, so I don't care. And it's just, no, have some empathy for what they did to someone else's well, artistic creation. You know, like, what if someone took, this is my example, you know, but what if they took Superman and made a movie? It's the next big budget Superman movie. And... You know, Lex Luthor is the good guy. Superman is not just shown to be in Lex Luthor's vision as a bad guy, but is actually shown as a bad guy. He's a womanizer. He takes advantage of his situation. Um, and he he is made in, and, and they put it out there as Superman. They don't put it out there as um What's that horror movie that's coming out that James Gunn is producing? Oh, yeah, I don't know. You know, but they're not putting out there as like, this is a Superman-like thing. But no, th this is Superman. Yeah, they you do know? that all the time in the comics and, and stuff. do you like that? Games. No, I'm not a fan. No, you don't like that. It'd, I think it'd be different if this was a proper continuation of the original Dr. Seuss book or the original show, but it's a reboot or a retelling. And at, in the end, the message is the same. It's and not, though. It is. Um, it, it's not. It's here's not another, the same. Here's another thing. Um, I think I would feel differently also. I think I think another wrench that's thrown in here is it's not just about the source material. It's that this is a treasured film from my childhood and from growing up. And... Uh, it is. It might be at odds with the treasured thing that you grew up with, but it's still my treasured thing. And so me not caring that they messed with the original thing is a little bit different than if it was just a brand new thing that came out uh, that was in contrast. I, I guess. I guess. I just, as a creator, I have I have issues with that even if I don't like the thing. Like I just watched the movie Warcraft, all right? And I'm watching that movie and I'm just feeling bad for fans of Warcraft. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, why? I heard oh. that Warcraft fans liked it. I don't know, but I feel bad for them because this movie, <laughs> not great. It did not do anything for me to like the the franchise. And, um, you know, so I'll watch something like that and just be like, oh, people who, who like the source material, I feel bad for them. Like that's maybe that's it. Maybe that's why it bothers me so much, Evan. Is that you just don't even care <laughs> that the people who who like the original book because the book for me is is treasured, it is because of the message and right. because and of, I'm not saying I hate the book. 
or that you should not like the book, but I'm, I just don't care that this treasured thing that I love is different from the original thing because I love this thing. Yeah, you just like this iteration better than – like the, we did a, 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 a show a while ago. What was it? Uh, ir- iteration Irritation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know this this could have fit right in there where – Good you know, episode. People it, should go listen. It's a good one. But the the one the, – the, the point is that you know when I grew up, all we had was the, the – well, we had the book and we had the, the cartoon that we would see once a year. You know, we didn't have the videotape. We didn't have anything. So it was an event, you know, and as much as even if you didn't like it, it was on TV, you know, it was a special. It's I mean, you don't you don't miss it, you know, so it was that type of thing where growing up, that's what we had, you know, when when maybe when Ben was growing up, maybe they had more, you know, videotapes where they could watch it more at their leisure. Or I'm not saying, you know, Ben did, but you know, that generation, you made, you might've had more options. Uh, Evan, when you grew up, you might've had something where they were showing it, you know, multiple times on family channels or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have a different type of attachment to these things. So, you know, back then they wanted to make things close to the original. They wanted to make, that version that you could just see it, you know, yeah, Chuck Jones took some liberties with the, you know, that what the Grinch looked like and stuff like that. But for the main part, you know, it was, it was so close to the original that as parents, you could just let your kids watch it because it's not like they're going to have a a key party or anything. That would just be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, But to be fair, (laughs) to be fair, I can't imagine. No, I, 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 I'll be wrong saying this. Most 10 year olds, 99% 99% of a 10 year old has no idea why that's even a thing. And that, right. okay, well, why are they just, why don't they hang their keys up instead of putting it? Well, I don't understand. Even 28 year olds, unless, you know, their older friends decide to spoil it for them. And <laughs> I thought, so, I, I thought you knew, man, because no, it's right yeah, there. It's, and yeah, it's, it's there. unfortunate that we know, but that we know is just telling of, you know, there are at least two thirds of us know what it is, is just telling of, of how prevalent it is out there. It's just it's it's a disturbing fact of life that these things happen. But here we go in a kid's movie and you're having this and you're having the, you know, the, the... I hesitate to call it a kid's movie. What? OK, how the Grinch stole Christmas not is not a kid's movie. This one this was Jim this Carrey not marketed movie. to children. It probably is. But I I'm okay. not going to show it to my kids till they're probably pushing 10 years old. Uh, that's that's still that's a, a kid's kid. movie then. Yeah. That's a kid. <laughs> but but still, no, I this mean, is you know, this having, is a kid's having... movie. It's not an all ages movie, but it is absolutely right. a kid's movie. And yeah. pre tween. Yeah, but but that's why they have Jim Carrey. You know, yeah. Jim Carrey is in this movie because they want that tween audience. You know, th- you were saying, well, I didn't know who he was, but I'd seen the mask. Well, the mask is what made him who he was. You know, that launched him into the stratosphere there. And suddenly he's he's everywhere. Um, yeah. And everyone's doing the, the thing, you know. Oh, his, righty there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ace Ventura. That's the other one that just. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think, that was after The Mask, I think. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, he was he was all over the place. That's why they used him here. Um, you know, and he. Okay. So. Can I talk about the good things then? 
and these are not backhanded compliments. These are, I have to, <laughs> some actual positives about this movie. Uh, Jim Carrey playing the Grinch, Ron Howard. Uh, some of the direction is really, really good. I don't like his thematic direction, but the art direction in this movie and, you know, the camera work and everything. I mean, it is, it is very good. And I think in one of my comments on Facebook, I mentioned about how, um, he wanted to be Tim Burton doing this movie, but did you know, I mean, there's, there's definitely a Burton-esque thing going on here that Tim Burton was actually in line to direct this before they got Ron Howard. Well, I probably would have hated it. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's good. Cindy Lou, who was fantastic. And here's the other weird thing that happened that actually made this a better movie for me slightly was when I stopped the movie, it was right before he started doing the Grinch stuff from the book. So all the back stuff is out of the way. All of the stuff where he's, you know, dressed up in the robes as a Jedi walking through the streets, um, being mean, but nobody knows that he's being mean. Uh, that's, that's happened. That's done. Um, and it's just basically him getting ready to be Santa and then doing his, his, uh, his robbery. When I came back to watch the last 45 minutes, a little bit divorced from all the stuff I hated that last 45 minutes was a pretty good nineties adaptation. I guess it was 2000, but early enough in the two thousands to be the nineties, I guess, um, adaptation of the book where he's going around stealing things. You got the song going, you know, he's, he's testing out, you know, the sleigh and he's making jokes and stuff. And, um, that, that 45 minutes worked for me, but not enough to make me like the movie. You know, I think one of the things that I appreciated was the, um, the detail that he went into. I mean, even like the money, if you looked at the money, it says e pluribus hunum, you know, stuff like that, where, I mean, in a, in a thing where it's just going to flash by the screen and no one is ever going to be able to see it, you know, to have something where it's, it's not just, he's just using monopoly money or just real, you know, money or whatever. It's he, he hand, he, someone hand created these things. Every you know, things, single prop was created for this movie. Wow. Yeah. Every single pop prop was created for this movie. I mean, wow. it, it, yeah, that kind of detail work. I mean, say what you will about the movie. You have to appreciate the the artistry that went into making the movie. Right. Well, have you heard the story about Jim Carrey almost quitting after the first day of shooting? No. No. Yeah, he he put on all the makeup. It took eight hours to put on the makeup. <laughs> and after he went out shooting, he put his, I think his foot through the wall called up Ron Howard and said, I can't do it. I can't do this movie. Cause it's like being like the, the makeup process he said was like being buried alive every day, you know? Wow. And so they actually brought in a specialist from the CIA to help train Jim Carrey, how to, uh, in like anti torture resistant techniques to be able to get through the makeup <laughs> process. True story. Well, and that's awful. I do yeah. also know that they were able to get the makeup process a lot quicker for him eventually. Yes. Yeah. But, um, but like he, he was like, uh, he said he'd have to like punch his leg, like in the middle of the, of the makeup stuff. Cause like he felt himself starting to go crazy and he had to stand up and walk around. So just, and he kept saying to himself, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. <laughs> wow. So it was really interesting. One last thing I do want to say is, I do feel the 
the message is the same because the message is, I mean, they put that in the script, in the book, in the special, and in this. It's Christmas does not come from a store. Christmas uh, means a little bit more. And it's, it is a different way of how and who and when the revelation of this happens, but I still like it. Um, and that and, message is the same. You're right. There is yeah. There are other messages that are not. And the main one for me is that these are good people who would accept him, but he chooses not to let them. You know, and and that is actually what resounds with me. I mean, that that Christmas message you're talking about, yeah, it's it's there, it's clear, and it's good, but it's cliche. You know, in the book, it's cliche. Uh, to me, it's it's that you have these people who he is not a good person; they are good people, um, and they're so good that they they would accept him in but he misunderstands who they are, what they're doing and why they do it and, and takes it as, you know, Oh, goody tissues, you know? And in some ways it becomes a picture of the church where yes, in reality, it's actually more applicable to say, you know, someone says, I don't want to go to church because there's hypocrites there. And then that's where you can say, well, you should feel right at home because you know, you're right. But that's, that's life. That's humanity. So, come you know we don't want to be hypocrites we can't help it and we're working on not being hypocrites so come be with us you know um but these are good people who accept him in and and he's changed by them now in the movie it's cindy lou and and she she's the one and she does go out of her way and there there's one line that i really wish they had changed because it just ruins things a little bit for me with her but where she tells Santa Claus, don't forget the Grinch. He's kind of sweet. And I'm just like, what? What did he ever do that was sweet? I mean, I get yeah. the meaning there. I just wish the line had been, don't forget the Grinch. He needs a friend. He just needs someone <laughs> to show him some love. And then Santa, you know, something like that. But Or something like, you know, hey, don't forget the Grinch because, you know, we all are Grinches in our own way. We're We're all fallen individuals we all have that in our lives and he just succumbs to it more than we do so you know just because we don't doesn't mean he should you know he should get something he shouldn't get something that everyone else is getting but evan Mm. dream with me (laughs) dream with me this is the movie i want to see okay you know how when they're delivering the babies yeah and of course, where do those babies come from? Right, right. And one of the babies, you know, that gets delivered, and the guy's like, "Looks like your boss." Um, <laughs> which funny line in another movie, but when you're suggesting infidelity with the Who's, I, I have trouble with that. But dream with me, because the baskets get switched, and a Who gets sent wherever the Grinch was going, and the Grinch goes to Whoville. Mm. Yeah. I want to see the movie about the Who growing up in Grinchville. Yeah. What in the world is that like? Probably ends up as dinner or something. I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's some really interesting places that could go. Yeah. We could write it. Well, not, not legally. I could talk with the the Dr. Seuss people. I'm in Massachusetts and he's right down the street. Well, he's not. Well, they are. (laughs) They They are the people. So the big question, did this rewatch change my mind? No, it did not. It did not. 
Um, so next movie, uh, Polar Express, Robert Zemeckis directed Tom Hanks stars as at least three characters. Uh, no, four. I think he's the dad too. Yeah. Um, so at least four characters that I know of. Uh, and it's based on the book by what's the name? Chris Van oh, Ellsberg. Is, is that Chris, it? Van Einsberg? Ernsberg. It's a picture book and it's Allsberg. Chris Van Allsberg. Yeah. Um, guy's known for his brilliant artwork, yes. very imaginative artwork. Um, so this movie is a technological achievement in that the way it used um, motion capture and the, the follow-up to this movie was Beowulf. Um which we won't talk about probably, but, um, (laughs) and it's about, uh, Christmas Eve and a train that goes and picks up kids who are on the verge of losing belief in Santa or maybe already have, but this is a very important year for these kids are getting picked up because they could go one way or the other. And when they get to the North pole, they actually see Santa. They see the process for all, all the presents are packed in and, um, and the main character uh, decides that he believes, and uh, and there's a very movie cinematic version of showing how do we show belief, and that is that he can't hear a bell until he can, and when he can, that's that moment of of belief. He returns home, um, and and he believes in the magic of Santa Claus. Uh, after a really long trip on the train that lots of danger action. <laughs> I'm tearing up a little bit as you, as you retell the story, Ben. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, before this month, I did not like this movie. Mm. Um, we'll get into why later, but I just didn't like it. My kids, I've never talked about it with them. I didn't know this, but apparently whenever my mother-in-law pulls the movie out to have them watch it, they hate it. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. But, um, wow. I did not know this. When I asked them if they wanted to watch this with me, they're like, no, dad, we don't like that movie. Didn't you know? I'm like, no, I didn't know you didn't like this movie. And so, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that's because of um, repetition. Although I watch things with them. I mean, they're watching Spider-Man Homecoming right now as we speak, ah. like the fifth time. Um, wow. So I don't think it's repetition, but uh, yeah, apparently they didn't like it either. And I haven't had a chance to really talk with them about why not. However, did watch it with my son, Dougie. He watched it with me on my phone. And um, he said, Evan, <laughs> I give this five out of five stars. Thank you, Dougie. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Yeah. So I did not see it in the theater, but I have seen it um, end to end, unlike the Santa Claus. Um, so I have sat down to watch it and just, just don't like it that much. So, Steve? You know, it's the type of thing where <clears throat> the book was interesting. And I I understand what they're going for in the movie. You know, it's very, uh, you know, book realistic, you know, whatever the word is there. It's it's very close to the artwork in the book, except it's, you know, even a little bit more. And just with the motion capture stuff, it's it's just 
you know, for for someone who has been brought, I mean, we, I mean, Star Wars was basically the beginning of of really, you know, the the green screen, blue screen processes and stuff like that. And so I've been I've grown up understanding it and seeing it at different levels and seeing how it works and how it doesn't work and things like this. And you know, sadly, this was just one of those times where it it didn't work. So, you know, you're looking at it and you're like, you know, it, it, it reminds me of, of, I'm trying to think of the, the TV shows that didn't make it like, I don't know, V back in the eighties where you could tell that there was, it wasn't, there was something that was too much green screen or too much, you know, whatever it is. And you're just like, you can, you can see it just too much and it's just it just sets it off just that little bit and you're like uh you know it should should just have a little thing down at the bottom blinking special effects special effects special effect because it's just you know it's it's just that fake um and you can you can see it because it's just you're a human being and you're trained to to see things that you know seem to be there but not that you know so anyway um and this unfortunately for me you know, when I was watching it, it it just had that, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin, you know, Uncanny Valley, if you want to call it that. What, when did you um, see it? This. Uh, was it, was it in theaters around, or was it afterward? Must have been around the time it came out or, or you know, a couple of years after that. I'm not sure if I saw it in the theater or not. Like I said, these these all hit when, you know, my kids were either much too young to appreciate them and i was much too old to want to go see them myself um or whatever you know just it 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 just didn't hit in a place where uh you know it it lent me to to go see it in the in the movie theater or to take a kid or whatever um so i'm not sure if i saw it in the theater or not i probably didn't um i probably saw it on you know tv or something uh years afterwards but um you know for me it's just I'll still read the book to the kids if they pick it out. I mean, we have it, I think. Um, you know, we like Chris Osberg's stuff. But uh, for this, it was just just, just enough to not, not make it, you know, something that we would go to on purpose, <laughs> the movie. So there you go. So, Evan – you've told the story a little bit, but I can't remember if you've told it on mic for the podcast or if you just told me like when we were sitting at the booth. At, no, I have. I've, I've you said it on the podcast? twice okay. on the podcast. Right. I can't remember when, though. What makes this one of the best Christmas movies of all time? And part of that is this is like a big like this one really, really stuck with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, every frame of this movie is what makes it the best Christmas movie of all time. You need and, to be a little more specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I as far as Christmassy stuff, you know, I love uh, the train, uh, the the Christmas Eve quiet atmosphere that's interrupted by this magical train, and then you know just driving through Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then through you know up into the North Pole. It's all just very snowy and Christmassy, and the atmosphere on board the train. It's just. 100% Christmassy all the way through. Um, and I love, I mean, the, the biggest thing, that, and I guess all the plot and the characters and everything, it just ties into the theme that they're pushing, which is the theme of belief, which is what really 
impacted me about this movie. I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or not. I feel like I probably did because I remember being impressed with the train roller coaster scene. Um, and I know my dad and my sister went and saw it in IMAX. And when I saw it for the first time, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have gone with you to see it in IMAX for that roller coaster part. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the theming stuff is what really gets me. And that's because this kid is, you know, he's struggling with his belief in Santa Claus. And he's, like you said, he's, he's on the fence. The magic train comes. He gets on the magic train. He goes to the North Pole. He sees the elves and the workshops and everything and the reindeer and the presents. And then Santa comes out and everybody's cheering and happy. But he still cannot see Santa Claus. Even though he's right there, he can't see it and he can't he can't hear the the bells on Santa's sleigh. And it's because he has not purposed it and chosen in his heart to put his faith and belief in that. And he, there's a quiet moment. It's the crux. It's the climax of the film where he chooses to quietly put his faith in Santa. And as soon as he does that, he rings the bell and he hears it. And then he opens his eyes and looks up and there's Santa. And for me, that's my relationship with Christ. Um, because I have struggled with my faith in Christ. I have struggled with my belief and, um, and not in a way I, it has been in a way where it's, I've been, I like, Oh, can I really believe in this? Is this something that a logical person would believe in? But more than that, it's, it's been, I know that God is real and I know that Jesus is the way to heaven, but is my faith good enough? To is my faith in that strong enough to where I've got that stamp of approval, where I, Christ's sacrifice has been uh, put on to me? Uh, because that's our part of it, right? And you can you know, argue back and forth. Well, it's God who gives you the whatever. It's still from our perspective, we have something to do with the salvation uh, because it's in it, the only thing we have to do is put our faith in that and believe it and accept it. Um, and there's no working for it, just deciding this is true and I need it and I believe it. And so I've always struggled with, is my faith good enough? And this movie, literally this movie put me over the edge where I have confidence now and forevermore, hopefully, in my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I re came to realize it's not about how I feel from day to day or moment to moment where, you know, like, oh, one day I don't feel like a good enough Christian or I don't feel like my faith is strong enough or blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. I choose to believe it despite how I feel, despite all the evidence around me, despite all of the uh, naysayers or whatever. I picked up that bell and I chose I chose in my heart to believe it. And I know that despite whatever comes, what I have put my faith in is real and it's going to pay out, you know. So, yeah, this movie, God has used it to just revolutionize the way I interact with him and the way I live my life as a Christian. So, uh, incredibly impactful. And I love it. Like, I love it when fiction is able to grab me like that because for some reason God has just designed my heart and my mind to respond more to his truths that are hidden in parables, you know. 
for whatever reason. So, yeah, that's why I love this movie. It's not only one of my favorite Christmas movies, it's one of my top favorite movies, period. So. All right. And so the reason I hate this movie so much <laughs> <laughs> is that theologically speaking, it's you know, um there there is some talking that we could do about the whole believing is seeing versus seeing is believing and and that and and the idea of it doesn't matter where the train goes it's just making the decision to get on the train um but i think that is what you're talking about there with the well okay whatever you think about um free will predestination and all that kind of thing no matter what part of what happens here is that we actually do have to choose and move you know and and that and so um that's actually, you know, watching it, I had forgotten some of the, the thematic richness that was in this movie. Um, but why I hate it, it, it really all comes down to just the the style and and the look, especially of the humans. Now, when you're talking about the train and the wolves and the eagle and and those things, that was so – it is. It's gorgeous and it's brilliant and it's wonderful. But then you start – you know, you, you got the children – um, they're kind of creepy to me. <laughs> um, and the elves are really creepy to me. Um, now I, and the, the elves are kind of creepy. Uh, they're, and maybe that's I intentional. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it may, uh, we could give the benefit of the doubt there potentially. Like I said, um, I like the children elves from the Santa Claus. Yeah. They're my, yeah. they're much more palatable. <laughs> um, I did wonder like, are these really kids? And when I was first watching it, I was like, are they? these kids kids or oh no they're like a thousand years old um i am curious how do they <laughs> deal with aging them out if they bring them back as a recurring character in the sequels but we'll see we'll see um but that's santa claus not, not polar express um santa claus looked great i thought that was a fantastic design yeah. and and that the conductor did not work for me no. and, see, okay can i talk about the graphics real quick uh, yeah. Can I finish real quick? Though? Yeah, sure. Just, sure um, the, the conductor didn't work for me because of the just the, the way he's moving. I mean, it is very much um, I mean, it's 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 motion capture. And this is where it's still a little early in that, I think, to me, because I'm watching that. I'm just it just feels stilted and doesn't feel as not maybe realistic is the wrong word. It doesn't feel as unrealistic as an animated movie is you know, that you're familiar with. Um, but then you have all the, um, the serving people come up with the, the hot chocolate and they're moving so fluid and, and they're not, they're not stiff. They're, they're, they're made out of rubber. You know, they're the way that they're moving. Um, and that's not stop, uh, uh, not stop motion. That's not, um, motion capture with them. I don't think. And I think it is with the, with the flips and the splits and stuff. Maybe not the flips and the splits, but the regular dancing, that might be, the, it might be, it might be, I think it is I, the, what I'm drawing. The comparison though, is the, that fluid motion that you're getting from the, where they're doing things that you can't do in, in motion capture versus, which, which is more traditional, <laughs> traditional CGI animation, uh, versus the, the stilted movement of what is, is motion capture. It, it, it all comes down to style for me where I'm, I'm watching this and I'm just, you know, could they do a, a special edition where they re-render it? You know, Dude, and, I would be so up for that. You know, um, that would be awesome. And, and that's that's what makes it not very watchable for me. And I'm not sure with my kids what makes it not very watchable for them. But um, for me, the the storyline is very nice. I like it. Um, 
the ticket thing with the letters. That's kind of cool where you get the first little bit and then and then it kind of puts the stamp on. This is what you learned from your adventure. You know, and, and we uh, knew you were going to learn that the whole time. We knew. And how do we know? Because we already marked your ticket with the first two letters, you know, <laughs> and this is just just to prove it that we knew. Um, so you have, you know, believe and lead and humble. Um, mm. And oh, by the way, I hated that kid. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's voice. You're like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's clearly an adult. You know, yeah. <laughs> what I didn't know is the the quiet kid um who i can't really? remember what word he, the what word he gets the only kid with a name yeah he's <laughs> I, I think i think they were saying he's peter scolari i don't know who that is well he's he was, he was with on, uh, new heart wasn't he he was but he was also on bosom buddies with yep. tom hanks tom hanks you're right so buddies from the past um but anyway that's what it really it all comes down to is is just the look, the design, not just the animation, but the the character design. Just kind of. Yeah. Did you know Tom Hanks played the kid too? The uh, the voice. The main the main boy. No, not the voice, but all the acting and the mo- movements and stuff. I didn't know that. It, yeah. That that adds a layer, by the way, of having Tom Hanks do all these different characters. Like it's all about belief in Santa. Um, but then he's playing the conductor who is taking them there to Santa and who's kind of pushing them along the way, mm-hmm. you know, to step further. Like the girl, what I didn't understand until this time when I watched it was the girl loses a ticket or her ticket, but then she's put in the the engine where she's like driving. Yeah. You know, and now her word ends up being lead. And and so there's there's that where that's what she is. She's a leader. And throughout the movie, then she is. But then that's the point where they're like, here, um, the conductor is placing her in this spot where she is, you know, leading, uh, she's driving, you know? And so there's some interesting stuff thematically. Uh, then you have the hobo who, you know, he's, he's there and he's pushing the kids as well, but I feel like he's more of a, not a hobo. Well, whatever he is, the ghost hobo thing. <laughs> he is a hobo. He totally ghost is. Hobo. He, he might appears be a... as a hobo. Oh, and, and so what is he then? Oh, he's a ghost or something. Ghost hobo. I think he's a ghost of a hobo. <laughs> like, well, he's yeah, a guy who rides be. the rails. Maybe. No, he rides the rails. He's a hobo. Um, He's homeless. He doesn't have, you know, but he lives on the train. The train takes him where he wants it, wants to go, whenever he wants to go, you know, and... Uh, so you have he is when you're looking at people who ride trains hobo conductor like two very opposites the one belongs there and is in charge and the other one does not belong there but he's the king you know and um <laughs> but he's 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 teaching them some different a, a different angle on some of the faith stuff that the belief stuff yeah, he's using reverse psychology yeah on them you could may, maybe make the argument that he's actually th- the evil side, you know. So you have one, you yeah. know, like your two sides, of your conscious conscience at, at war. But but I he's also, I, I mean, he's clearly a force for good on the train. But he's just his tactics are, yeah, the the opposite of being encouraging. So anyway, he's do using tough love on you. So the effects, the the animation, the style, 
that makes it unwatchable and I won't watch it again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. But you were going to say something about that. Well, yeah. Like when you guys, when I first started talking to you guys about this movie and you started complaining about the effects, I literally had no idea what you're talking about at all. And even to this day, I have, I have to like force myself to try to see where you're coming from when I'm watching mm-hmm. it. And I can, I can kind of see it on the stiffness of the movements, but I'm not getting any uncanny valley whatsoever. Yeah, I think it's it's just because you're you've grown up with it, and we grew up with you know everything leading into it. I guess you know. Well, so I think it's more, I, Steve. Like there's certain things we'll watch that we grew up with that we're very forgiving to. Right. Right. And. You know, crawl, for example. Although I'm less <laughs> forgiving with that now. Even but, Star Trek, you know, I mean, like yeah, the early yeah. episodes where it's, you know, they're picking up the fake rocks and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's, you forgive because you grew up with it. And that's why we have the special editions of yeah. Star Wars. And we have the special editions right. of Star Wars because the special effects, we, we accepted and believe them. And I watch them now and I'm like, oh, look at, again, I'm looking at the artistry of what I saw going on there. And it's just like, oh my goodness, you know, this is, this changed cinema. Yeah. yeah, it changed cinema and cinema changed to the point where that was no longer cutting edge. And not right. only was it no longer cutting edge, it wasn't even that believable anymore, apparently. Yep. And so yep. we have to redo it and make it so that the next generation can appreciate it and like it. So it looks more like what the next generation is watching now. Right. Um. Oh, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Well, I'm going to read some comments from Facebook then. Okay. And, uh, oh, did my, did my opinion change? Um, a little bit in in that I was able to really grasp some more, some of the depth of the story, but because of the style, I'm just not interested in watching it again. Oh, that's what I was going to say about (laughs) speaking of uncanny Valley. I just watched the Muppet Christmas Carol on Monday and the ghost of Christmas present or not present, uh, ghost of Christmas past. Yeah is creepy beyond words but in the best way yeah yeah <laughs> so like it's just the right place to put the uncanny valley i yeah i wouldn't i don't know if that's uncanny valley or not you're right i mean don't get me wrong you're not saying anything that i don't agree with um but she i don't know I, well that's that's what uncanny valley is is when something's supposed to look human but it's just not quite there so it's like i don't feel like this is i don't feel like that that puppet (laughs) is not quite there i feel like it is inhuman enough that it's it's disturbing but either way i mean we can figure out which way which angle we're coming at it for why it's disturbing but yeah she's creepy yeah (laughs) well we were watching it with yumi and uh up until the part where he goes gonna go up to the door knocker i'm like all right you're done (laughs) you're not watching this so All right. So uh, from Facebook, I asked people to change my mind. Um, And here's what we get. Jeff Child says the Grinch is unwatchable. Polar Express is creepy, but watchable. Uh, Lydia David said the Polar Express has one of my favorite messages in a Christmas movie. Believe it also has a biblical application to it, too. Acts 1631 says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. It's part of the salvation process. The movie is also nostalgic for me because we watched it many Christmas Eves in a row. The story of this movie is simple but intriguing enough to keep your attention and interest. I also love the songs, speaking as a music major. 
before I move on from that, oh, nostalgia. That's one thing I really did appreciate about Polar Express is just the way the mood of the movie evoked nostalgia. Yeah. Um, with with the songs and stuff that they used and the the old, you know, Bing Crosby and, and that. Um, it just, it created a nostalgia that you may not even experience, but because it's Christmas, you might experience nostalgia from that just by watching other Christmas movies when you were younger kind of thing. Mm. She goes on to say how The Grinch Stole Christmas is also a nostalgic Christmas movie that we as a family have watched many times. My favorite thing about this movie is that it's so quotable. My siblings and I have so many inside jokes to this movie I've lost count. It's just a fun, weird Christmas movie that is worth watching at least once. That's my sister. Or twice in my my case I've watched. Uh, (laughs) Debbie David then goes on to say – this is different, David person. That's my mom. Uh, my favorite of the three is Polar Express. Such an original story with the train. Fantastic visually, and I love the soundtrack. Great lessons in the story as well. The Grinch has a little too much adolescent humor in it for me. Even though I do like the redemptive story, I did like the Santa Claus, but I got tired of it. Um, yeah. The adolescent humor, some of it, I I could care less. <laughs> the, the butt kiss, that just... Uh, over the over the top. And I, I mean, will put, how much I, do you have to hate someone to do that to them they, i mean it's they just didn't past actually the kiss the dog though he didn't no they they cut to the dog's face and having like bug eyes right no i i appreciate that the actor didn't actually have to kiss a dog's butt oh yeah. in the movie the grinch made him kiss the dog on yeah. the bottom hilarious because he believed That's he was best. kissing a woman in his dream very which funny. adds another layer of potential ickiness to it. But. Well, that was the rival of the Grinch for the affections of Martha May Huvier. Right, so and that's who he's dreaming about. Right, he's yeah. the Grinch, he's evil. Uh, John Haru says, I loathe and detest all three. So my reasons come down to my disapproval of images of St. Nicholas, which enforces a legalistic moral view, materialistic Christmas messages, or most films featuring the horrible acting skills, quote unquote, of Jim Carrey. Uh, Mark oh. Adams says, all I have to say is Ben is right. <laughs> someone, okay. I was gonna say someone put a thumbs up by that one and it wasn't me, but, um, uh, Michael Withers says the Santa Claus was a good movie. You can't take it seriously. The Polar Express is some kind of horror film, right? One way ticket to <laughs> the uncanny Valley. Uh, Christopher Ouellette says, I like the Grinch kind of sick of Christmas where you are or Christmas. Where are you? Um, again, I saw uh, he's sick of that. I, I, I'm i completely unaware of this thing as a thing to get uh, sick of. I think it was yeah. a fun and imaginative film. Jim was great as a Grinch and Ron Howard did a nice job as Tim Burton. It's not the cartoon and it's not Elf. So lots of people don't see it as a really good movie. The same way some people know that Man of Steel wasn't Superman in the movie and wasn't Marvel. So they discount an amazing film because it wasn't what they were expecting. Though there is a smaller gap with the Grinch because the cartoon is great and the movie is well worth seeing. One of the reasons I another one of the reasons anyway that I like the Grinch is that it's not Elf because I hate Elf. We are on the same page. (laughs) Yes. So we both love Muppet Christmas Carol and both hate Elf. Um, I like smiles. Smiles are my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, Steve. (laughs) Brennan Miller. uh, I found this one interesting. He says. This is a friend of Evan. Uh, I love the Grinch Carry the Grinch Jim Carrey version. Being friends with Evan David sometimes make me feel like I live in a Jim Carrey movie. 
probably something about the antics. So Ben, if you appreciate Evan David, <laughs> then you should appreciate that movie. Just picture Evan hating Christmas. It's the same thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a stretch. I, I don't see it. Um, you know, I, I, and maybe it's just because Evan, you just don't do as many pelvic thrusts as, as Jim. Carrey. I don't, I don't do as many pelvic yeah. thrusts, as which Jim is Carrey. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good thing. Uh, David Stout uh, says, love Grinch. It's the over-the-top acting that makes the film. Bad parts? Key party. Yes. But a lot less than other films. First Santa Claus is awesome. Love the new angle on how Santa does his thing, lives forever, etc. Polar Express? Eh. My oldest watched it a billion times, hours on end, and we had literally bought several DVDs as they wore out from use. Wow. Um, and then he says, and I'm assuming this is for me because of the Grinch, uh, uh, lighten up and laugh a little. Thanks, David. Uh, <laughs> David goes on to say, P.S. Grinch is a guy in a furry suit and prosthetics. Did we really expect Shakespeare from Whovilles? Um, no. But, uh, so David is a friend of mine, by the way. Uh, John Mitchell says, the Santa Claus demonstrates how Christmas can transform us into our best self with a spirit of love that brings families together in the most broken relationships. The Grinch illustrates the true meaning of Christmas by how one caring person can show kindness and make a difference in the life of another, which can then impact society as a whole. The Polar Express mm -hmm. shows that our belief allows us to hear the music bells of hope that bring us joy and anticipation of what is to come in the person of Santa Claus or... For us as Christians, the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well done, John. That is good last words. Yeah, he's a, he's a friend of mine. Good. I know that guy. Good last words on this. Um, I did, he, you know, some of the stuff he's saying about Polar Express, I did find some really interesting stuff online about how they marketed Polar Express to evangelicals the same way they tried mm. to market the passion, which was wow. just, just a little bit earlier than that. Um, and I found a blog that, went way deeper into this movie than it should have as far as um, talking about uh, how the conductor was Christ and Santa is the oh. father and oh, the homo my. is the Holy Spirit. Mm. I'm just I'm <laughs> reading this and thinking, okay. Uh, I don't know if you can take it that far. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate Evan's stake on this a lot more than this guy. So, <laughs> wow. Sure. Uh, we, miss, we missed a comment on uh, – your earlier post when you were live tweeting your oh Grinch watch the Daniel Grove. Sorry. I, did, I just didn't want to leave anybody out. Daniel Grove said, I love the Jim Carrey version. How could anyone not enjoy it? So listen you. to our, listen to our podcast. <laughs> well, and Dave Clements also said, I liked it as a kid because I like Jim Carrey. I look at it now and it's just creepy. <laughs> my life, <laughs> my live tweet comments sort of were, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually there's, there's some validity, you know, uh, one of my first comment or one of them was, uh, at some point they had to say, yeah, we know we're making a movie based on the book, but we really shouldn't let the book get in the way of making our movie. Should we? And then I said, <laughs> I figured out this movie's a parody of the book and go. the cleavage face plant. Nice. <laughs> Being yeah. fair. I have laughed. I have almost laughed a couple times. This sums things up. My daughter just said, that's the backstory they gave him. <laughs> the movie went the, the movie I went the movie I want to see is what happens to the who baby who got knocked off course by the Grinch right uh, and my daughters wonder why Grinch lives in a giant sorting hat every time he walks in 
Slytherin. <laughs> that was their joke, not mine. Okay, nice. so far, 90s teenager who's, sexy Santa costume who lady, constant Jim Carrey shtick, a couple funny gags, and a complete perversion of the book, and that's 22 minutes in. And then I <laughs> I can't do this. And Heaven pops in. Worse. Heaven pops in. You set out to hate this movie. <laughs> and then I, Evan, Tim is angry at you for making me watch. I tried. I'll finish this later. This thing turns the who's into awful creatures. I don't remember how they end it. We'll see where it ends up. But the book is about a hard, lonely, evil man who tries to hurt a group of innocent people who show him that Christmas is about love and family. This movie turns them into hateful, mean, material sick people. This is possibly the worst adaptation of any book I've ever seen. My kids. One was angry with me for wasting their evening on it. One said, it's not the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen. I mean, I've watched a lot of Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> One said it was wow. disturbing and the worst she's ever seen. I'm honestly trying to see what people like about this. And I'm trying. I, I was trying. I really, really was. I've seen worse, worse movies. I've enjoyed worse movies, but this got tedious. Yeah. And then I said three words, Whoville Key Party, a movie for kids. <laughs> so so um, I, I will put one, one entry in for uh, worst book adaptation uh, that I think beats the Grinch. And I think it's uh, Noah, the movie. <laughs> that's a whole nother level man that's a whole nother level oh that's not even yeah oh that was bad <laughs> if they would have just called it um i don't know <laughs> utna pished him yeah they could have made a movie about utna pished him. yeah <sighs> yep oh man i would have gone to see that so hey uh that's all for this episode i need some final words from you guys what do you think? Final words, right. Evan. I will put in some caveats on the Grinch just for some of the the humor, because some of it is not all ages appropriate. So, oh really? Yeah, oh. it's just my thanks caveat. For letting, thanks for letting us know. We still really <laughs> funny, and uh, yeah, if you have not seen the Polar Express, I hope that you will give it another chance. Maybe watch it this year. We're gonna watch it on Christmas Eve. It'll be great. Steve, final words? My final words are taken from the something that we really didn't cover at all, which, you know, is probably better because it's it's a it's a great Christmas story instead of <clears throat> you know the the ones we have here that 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 are fallible here, you know, there's there's some uh errors and things. Anyway, so in in the in the in the Christmas carol, um there's this fantastic line uh and I think it sort of encapsulates this whole episode as well, because, you know, what Evan likes about this stuff is because he grew up with it as a child. You know, we might not have the same attachment because we weren't children when we when we accessed it. So his childlikeness helped him appreciate those things and, and pull out, you know, some spiritual aspects to it. And in The Christmas Carol, Dickens writes... For it is good to be children sometimes, and never better than at Christmas, when its mighty founder was a child himself. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Hopefully you've had a little bit of fun. Hopefully we've also given you some things to think about. And absolutely, um, you know, the Polar Express, there's some good stuff there. Um, I'm just I'm just not going to watch it again, but there's some good stuff there. That's my last word on on these three movies. Santa Claus, 
Harmless, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, I Have No Change, Polar Express. There's there's some stuff to think about as you're watching that movie. And beyond that, we are talking about the real Christmas story with um, my Advent series that's going on. And we will have another Advent, actually two more Advent episodes. One will be released on Sunday before Christmas. The other will be released on on Monday before Christmas because that's Christmas Eve. We'll be talking about the final two parts, peace and light. And uh, until then, thank you so much for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien.com or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Utnapishtim. Do 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 do.